Hello, and welcome to Relationship Renovation Podcast. This is EJ Kerwin. And Tara Kerwin. Hey, Tara. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm super excited to be doing this again today. I know. Me too. We just got some new podcast equipment in. We did. We got these uh, sweet mic stands we like, and uh, <laughs> we're feeling all howdy-toddy now. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So uh, you want to introduce our uh, our topic for the day? It's a good one. It's called... Uh, Hey, Rumi. Hey, Rumi. For those of you that are feeling it, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, really what we're talking about today is just a a really common dynamic that many, many couples come into our center and tell us about. And they just say, you know, it's when we've been together a long time and my partner, my significant other feels like a roommate. Yeah, we just wake up doing the same thing over and over again, and it just feels a little mundane and dull. Yeah, so let's, I mean, you know, I think one thing that might be useful in in setting this up is just looking at sort of a natural arc of what happens mm-hmm. in relationship, right? And uh, what's sort of the beginning of the relationship like, Tara? Exciting, new, shiny, fun, Curious, adventurous, passionate. Yes. Explorative. Yeah. (laughs) I can continue. Yeah. I mean, I just, so, you know, I'm just thinking about us, right? You know, at the beginning of our relationship, it was so much fun. So much fun. I mean, I would say that at least in our relationship was big, was just like we had a blast and we were just like getting to know each other. And I remember going swimming late at night. Skinny dipping. Skinny dipping. <laughs> and, uh, you know, barbecues and like super duper attraction <sighs> yeah. and not a care in the world, even though there were other things, I mean, certainly that were going on in right? both of our lives that were, were, you know, that there was an intensity level. But when we were together, it was like, <laughs> It all it all melted away. Exactly, it did. It was very carefree. It was very carefree, yeah. And I think that that's the beginning of relationships, and that's like our sort of like initial indentation, you know, sort of mm-hmm. we have in relationship to our partner. We have this beginning phase that's just amazing. This is like nothing else before. I've never experienced this. Yeah. This is my person for life. Yeah. And you know, and it's it's important to to note in there that there's definitely some some chemicals going on there, right? Yes, I've heard of one called oxytocin. Yes, <laughs> it's important. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so it's it's not just that like this person is really wonderful and you're discovering about him, but also like every time you get together, there's like this chemical, chemical. reaction that 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 is literally happening. It's like a rush, a hormonal rush of excitement and warm, fuzzy. Yeah, I kind of got the chills right there, like. I just, I remember it. I mean, it was amazing. and Way back when, honey. (laughs) Way back when. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so that, unfortunately, and for some couples, that lasts for three months. For some couples, it's six months. Some some couples, it's it's literally years Mm -hmm. that they stay in it. it. It just depends on the couple. There's no, there's no one way on this. But it depends if you have kids or not. Not kidding. Well, it depends. It does depend on on a lot of different things, though. I, I think it depends on like how quickly you fall into like, you know, living together and married. And certainly, you know, we right. we we've worked with couples who get pregnant, like you right know, away. or something like within like a month or two, yeah. and yeah. stuff gets real. Yeah, you know, they don't you know. have that chance to have that carefree moments or 
experience in the beginning where we call the honeymoon phase. They don't get that. It just gets real, real quick. Yeah. And so it's real, real quick. Real, real quick. So when that beginning phase ends or it phases out, I guess is probably a more appropriate way to look at it because it, it isn't something that just like clicks one day. It sort of evolves that way. Then what, Tara? Like what happens after that? You know, so one of the a major concept that we really try to talk with couples about is the idea of habituation. And habituation is basically we have a stimulus, whether that is our partner, whether that is a new car. And in the beginning, the stimulus is new and our brain is like, ooh, this is so shiny and fun and exciting. And again, we have the biological chemical reactions that happen in our body to the stimulus. And then again, just like a new car, over time, you get used to it, your brain habituates to it. It becomes less exciting. It becomes less shiny. It becomes more dull. And unfortunately, that does happen in our relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just think that there's this natural pull apart. Yeah. And it's not cognitive and it's not intentional. It just happens over time because of the way our brain habituates to our partner. The stimulus, again, is no longer producing that excitement, that curiosity, those feelings, those chemicals that it used to. Yeah. And so, you know, it's complex too, because part of it is just what Tara's talking about. It's it's habituation. And that's something that humans deal with whatever, whether it's like, it's the house you moved into, it's some new toy you have or your, or your partner, you know, so that's just a natural thing. But then on, on top of it is just, you know, life, right? I mean, life happens and, and work gets a ton of our attention and running the house gets yes. a ton of our attention. And if, if you make the choice to have children, children get a ton of our attention. Mm-hmm. And so your relationship, which for a while was just like, oh, everything becomes like a background. It does. It, it's kind of like, so I'll go back to this habituation piece when it's new and it's fun and exciting, again, kind of like a new car, we tend to it and we say like, oh my gosh, we're never going to let this car get dirty and I'm not going to eat in it and it's going to smell like this every day. And and then a year later, it like smells like a gym bag and there's like hard McDonald's french fries under the seats because we just stopped tending to it. And again, that happens in our relationship. And another big thing I wanted to just add is so not only with habituation, but when we are starting to create this life with our partner, and we all come into relationships with baggage, a lot of our baggage gets triggered that we don't even know was there. So, and that's kind of where we bring in our attachment piece there too. So a lot of negative core beliefs that were developed early on, like I'm not good enough, I'm insignificant, I'm not special, there's something wrong with me. These start to get triggered with our partner because we're with them long enough that they start triggering all of our baggage. And a lot of us don't understand how to make sense of it or even what it is. We just keep thinking like, stop doing this to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, the other thing that kind of pulls us apart and and brings that, that habituation as well is the fact that we have that bond with the person and we we know, I mean, not always, but like with a lot of couples, they know like, God, this is the person I want to be with for the rest of my life. Yeah. 
and you just take it for granted. You know, you just sort of like, God, like I'll never stop loving this person. Mm -hmm. This person, I'll never stop being attracted to this person. And so you just, you sort of like, it's weird, but that solid bond creates like a, you just take it for granted because you just assume like it's like the basket. It's the safety net for everything else in my life. Yeah. And you don't pay attention, right? And and no. so, and and then what this is kind of, you know, our next transition here is like, okay, so so you move into this next phase of your relationship and you begin to feel yourself just pulling apart and you're just starting to act like roommates and not lovers and not companions. What happens? What, what are the symptoms that start popping out? I would say you start to feel annoyed. Uh, you start to feel maybe insecure. Definitely not as connected or excited. I kind of like use this feeling meh, the M-E-H. Yeah. I don't even know if that is a real feeling, but a lot of people <laughs> use it these days. I think life just starts to become a little bit more, I'm just using the word dull for me because I remember that happening and it just felt like a constant task or chore and you're just like a robot trying to get through the day, trying to get everything done. And by the end of the night, just numbing out to Netflix. So a little like lifeless maybe. Yeah. And and I think this ties into what Tara was saying just a few minutes ago about like a triggering negative like beliefs about yourself or from your past is the natural pulling apart, right? Then like trigger stuff inside of you because because yes. you want to feel special or or if you ever felt like unimportant or unloved or if the pulling apart leads to a lot of annoyance if you feel like I never get things right and so it the habituation of pulling apart triggers a lot right. of times these deeper wounds inside of you and then like Tara said then you're like oh like stop doing that feel stuck yeah. and frustrated and confused and then how in the heck do you talk to your partner about it when a lot of that resentment frustration stuckness is uh <laughs> yeah it's geared towards directed towards your partner and this life that you guys have right now that just feels not in the way you thought it would. Yeah. And then and then so there's this like pulling apart, right? So you start feeling like really separate and then it goes into frustration and annoyance and guess what goes right out the window? Affection, kindness, sex, sex, bye-bye, like it, you know, kisses, intentional kisses and hugs. Yeah, and, and that's when compliments. Yeah, anything appreciation. Tara knows Praise. them all. I know. I got my list You look at home. so cute today, honey. Oh, Gone. thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh I thought you were I'm saying sorry. that to me. <laughs> you do. You look really cute well, today. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you know, and it, and so that goes away. And that's really when, you know, that's when couples end up, one, like getting freaked out and dropping words like divorce and breaking up. It's also when couples a lot of times come into counseling because of the fact that like, those are the symptoms. You know, the symptoms are like, man, like, I haven't got a kiss in four months. Yeah. It's also a very fragile time because this is where infidelity can start to happen, whether that is emotional affairs or physical affairs. Someone else has got your attention in the way your partner used to have your attention, and it feels really, really good. And we start to think like, oh, maybe that person's not the one for me because this other person's making me feel really good, yeah, really special. And so it's a very fragile, sensitive time 
when you're when couples are in this place. God, it's so interesting too when we do podcasts like this, like how we have this like core topic, but how it bleeds into different areas. Yeah. Because then what came to me right there is like, okay, if you're feeling like your needs aren't getting met, and then maybe you're somebody who struggles to know where the healthy boundaries are. And you're on, you know, some social media platform right. and you start having this conversation and it seems like, you know, kind of like pretty, you know, benign and it's not that big of a deal. But then all of a sudden that boundary gets crossed and you don't even know you've done it, you know. And so, yeah, it, it, it's definitely it's why this is such an important topic, because this is a dynamic that almost all couples are going to deal with at some point. They're going to feel emotionally distant. Um, they're going to become habituated. And so what we want to do now is we want to say like, okay, like what can you do either preventively because it hasn't even happened yet? Right. Or if it's already, you're like, oh my God, this is us. You I think know. a lot of couples are probably like in their minds saying, yep, this is what's happening because yeah. it is a lot of the couples we see. Absolutely. Which that's so crazy, right, Tara? Because especially in this time, like with the whole COVID thing and all mm -hmm. that, where we're right next to each other, like we should be connecting. And, and what we're hearing is a lot of couples is like, yeah, we're like within five feet of each other, like almost all the time, but we don't feel connected. And like, mm -hmm. what a shame. So, so, okay, let's go into problem solving mode. Yes. Now, right? Like, like how do, how do couples begin to identify and begin to, you know, what are the steps? Like, how do they stay connected over the long term? Are you asking me? I'm asking you, because <laughs> tell me, I want to know. <laughs> well, let me say, uh, I mean, I think it's, there's some layers to it. I think one of the first layers is being able to understand what's under the resentment, irritation, annoyance is usually loneliness, fear, scared, anxious that what if what if we don't work out? Um, again, I think lonely and, and, and not feeling special is an important one. And I think if you can start to get to those more difficult, uncomfortable, softer, more vulnerable feelings, that that's when you can talk to your partner in a way that your partner can hear. Because there's something different around like, oh, you haven't kissed me in six weeks versus like, gotta let you know, I'm just starting to feel really lonely and disconnected because I feel like we haven't been close or physically affectionate in a while. And it's, you know, it's making me scared. And I, I love you. I really want to stay connected with you. It's just, we have a really hard time with vulnerability because when we feel hurt, guess what we do? Humans protect themselves. Like you will not hurt me. And we put these defenses up. And then um, unfortunately our partner is the one that's on the other side. And we have to help ourselves and each other to really put those guards down for this person next to us. Yeah, You know, in all of our podcasts, there's certain through lines and and I'm hoping that that you guys like really connect with a certain ones and and whenever we get into the whole like how do we deal with the problem it always comes down to first what Tara is just talking about which is which is communication mm -hmm. we have to have an understanding of how to talk to our partner in a way that is hearable you know because most of these issues are complex and they're emotionally activating and if we if we come in with our finger pointed, like looking at like you are doing something wrong, our partner almost always will greet that with adversity, will push back on it, right? And so we want to always look at how do I start the sentence with I, yeah. you know? I feel this when this happens. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and a lot of us too, instead of you. It's I, I and us. I, we. us, we. You know, the, I, us, we. Yeah. I mean, so, so the first step in this is, well, I, I think there's a preventative step here as well. And that is like having a conversation with your partner and saying like, hey, if we're feeling separate or mm-hmm. we're feeling distant, let's let's make the agreement that we let each other know. Because yes. that way, if somebody comes to you and they say, you know, look, I'm feeling lonely, I miss you, that then, and if they meet it with defensiveness, you, you can say like, look, look, honey, we decided we were going to tell each other if this was happening. And I know it might be hard to hear because I know we got a lot going on, but this is our agreement because our relationship is important. So you're you're setting the context that we're going to talk about this. We're going to notice. That's also good because I was going to say the next layer I feel is really important is that no matter what, you are creating quality time daily and weekly for each other, no matter what. Daily, more of like a few minutes checking in. Hey, how are you? Appreciation, praise, compliments. And then the weekly, more of like spending an hour a week after kids go to bed or or whatever it might be. Again, the preventative piece is if you're a couple that has not experienced this yet, like that you guys commit to like, okay, like every single week, no matter what's happening, we're going to have a little date night with ourselves, whether that's at home or going out. Um, but it's making quality time for each other because you have to tend to that. Otherwise, it becomes the car with the stale French fries and smells like a gym bag. Mm-mm. Yep, yep. No. I mean, that's that's another metaphor that we use when we're talking about this is that, you know, our relationship is a garden, you know, and mm-hmm. and it bears a lot of like fruit and and veggies and everything that's nourishing to us if we spend time cultivating it. And if I just like find a plot of land and just throw seeds in it and see what happens. It's, you know, some things might grow and there might be, you know, I might get a strawberry here and there, but it, but there's not going to be much of it, you know, and it's, that's a good way to yeah. And, but if I go and I spend time ahead of time, if I till the soil and I make the rows and I make sure the soil composition is good. And then once I plant it, I make sure I'm, I'm watering it, but not over watering it. And Mm. I, and I pick out the weeds and I'm out there every day, then bam, all of a sudden, like different vegetables are coming at different times. You're, you, you got more than you need. You got some you can give to other people. Like when Tara and I are connected and we're loving, like we're better parents, we're better therapists, mm-hmm. we're better like friends to people. Better for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, I got to say, like when I feel connected to Tara, I am a much better person. When I feel disconnected from you, like I feel like I feel empty. I'll be honest. And so, um, you know, you got to tend to the garden. You got to tend to your relationship. So important. Yeah. Make that garden grow, baby. <laughs> Make that garden go. All right. What else? Do you have any like like final thoughts on this too? Like this is a, it's such an important thing and it's, it's not entirely complex though, right? Uh, it, it is and it isn't. It gets complex when we have, again, like attachment stuff that comes up and then in the baggage that we don't even know is there and how to sort through that. Again, that's, I mean, the thing is when you were kind of talking about throwing seeds in the soil and when you're not tending to it, you're just hoping and crossing your fingers. That's what we all do in relationships. Like how many of us learn like, hey, you have to develop systems to make relationships work. And even when things are uncomfortable, you have to talk about it. Like we don't learn these things. So we don't even know that you have to do it. Now you and I, because we've been in this business for so long, 
We know that setting up systems to navigate communication, parenting, work-life balance, oh, so important. It doesn't just organically happen. And so I'm, I want to normalize it out there for every couple that experiences this disconnection. It's normal. We don't learn these things. We don't know. We just think it's supposed to be okay because we love this person and it feels safe in the beginning. And so, you know, don't, don't beat yourselves up. This happens for, for most of us. Absolutely. Not all, but I can't say that because yeah. I don't have that research. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, you know, one of the tools that we really encourage couples to do that we stick to ourselves is a daily check-in. And I think, yes. I think it matters. And I think like, if you're not like sort of from a therapeutic background, you, you might think it's like cheesy or, or feel forced. But I know if you spend literally three to five minutes every day making a moment with with your partner and saying like hey how am i feeling what's going on in my life what's going on for me internally what's something that i'm going to be like really trying to pay attention to today mm-hmm. and and also like i i believe that positive self-statement at the end of like something that you that you're like you know hey i am i'm lovable or whatever like that that is important because a lot of times those, you know, just, just saying how you feel connects you. They understand where you're at. And also that, that positive self-statement I think is like super important because a lot of times like it's counter to that negative core belief. Yes. Like for example, I can't handle this is a big one for me. And when I'm overwhelmed, I, oof, I can feel it, but I just immediately go into my cognitive restructuring mode. I can handle this. And it just feels so much better. And the more we understand what's happening at an unconscious level, that is like freedom for our relationship. And and not only like what Tara understanding what's happening on an un- unconscious level for her, but her letting me in because if because I know that about her, I know because we've talked about it that you know I can't handle it is this negative core belief. But I forget about it like every like twenty minutes. So <laughs> so then when she like. When she gets overwhelmed, but it comes out and it's looking like frustration towards me, like I'm so bad at remembering that. And I just get like self-centered and like, why are you doing this? And if she reminds me, because we've checked in, like I can handle this. I'm like, oh yeah, she's working on that. There's a better likelihood that I'm going to be able to kind of put my crap in the back in that moment when she gets frustrated in the morning or the evening or, or whenever and be able to be like, okay, okay, I need to help her know that she can handle this mm-hmm. instead of isolating away from her or, or being like snippy about it. Like I can be her support, but yeah. I don't, if I don't have her help in remembering that, you know, humans right. are pretty self-centered. I mean, it's, it's the truth. Like we get caught up in our own stuff. Right. What I wanted to say is like, we don't know everything, obviously. And we learn, you know, we learn through our own research and books and just being a clinician and constantly learning, but we also learn from our couples. And so if there are systems that you guys have that feel really that they work and you feel connected and we want to hear about them because we want to be able to like learn from you so then we can give back to the community of people that listen to our podcast and, and share ideas. And so please, we would love to hear from you. 100%. And, and one more thing. Sorry, honey. No, go for it. Um, 
this hasn't happened yet, but we are developing a relationship renovation at home program for couples. And we're so excited. It's probably going to be released in the next couple of months. We'll keep you guys posted, but it is a pretty intensive, like 22 lessons over three months where it can help a lot of couples with what we're talking about today. We're super, super excited about it, but we'll keep you guys informed. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to throw out all of our uh, social media handles here. Do it. Do it. We don't have TikTok yet. We just don't have it yet. (laughs) We'll get there. Uh, Facebook, we are at He Said, She Said Counseling. Instagram, we are at He Said, She Said Couples. Our website, He Said, She Said Counseling.com. And you can always email us too at info at He Said, She Said Counseling. Dot com. Yeah, it's always great to connect with y'all out there. Thanks for listening. Yeah, have a wonderful day. Make your relationship a priority. It's so important. Yes, absolutely. All right, bye-bye. Bye, everybody. guys. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.